most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins, and we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. second reading from the letter to the Hebrews in chapter 4. It's the basis for the sermon today. The Word of God is active, alive, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The word of the Lord. Gehazi, Gehazi. Did you think it would go unnoticed? In all these years that you followed me, traveled with me, attended to my needs, listened to my teaching and preaching, were you asleep at the wheel? Did none of it sink in? You heard me tell the Syrian general whose leprosy had been healed. No payment necessary. No charge. God's love, God's help, God's healing are free. And yet, you snuck out, tracked him down, told him a story that I had visitors who needed help, and bilked him out of $17,500 worth of silver and two Brooks Brothers suits with silk ties and Alan Edmonds shoes. Did you think you could hide from God? Don't you think he knows what's in your heart? Don't you think God sees your greed, your trickery, your lying, your cover-up? The Syrian commander's leprosy is now yours. I heard that Bible account when I was a kid, a lot of years ago, and it still scares me. God knows. What does he know? Well, everything. In today's second reading from the letter to the Hebrews in chapter 4, the Bible writer inked what I have to struggle with, and so do you. Nothing is hidden from God's sight. Hey, Eve, let's hide in those bushes over there. Maybe God won't find us. She didn't even raise an eyebrow. Can you imagine that? Trying to hide from God? That's ridiculous. That's impossible. Sinners can't fool God. King Solomon wrote in the holy book of Proverbs, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch over the wicked and the good. God knows Every secret sin, 
every stowaway temptation, every speck of decay in our hearts, we can't hide from God. But we still try. Pull down the shades. Maybe no one will see us. We live in a big city. Who's going to know? Have you noticed lately how humble I've been? I can do what I want. God will still forgive me. We can try fig leaves like those. Trying lies and cover-ups and passive-aggressive statements, but none of them work. Nothing is hidden from God's sight. The writer says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Like a flashlight shining on dust balls under the bed, the holy eyes of God expose all the dust balls of sin in our hearts. And he is the one to whom we must give an account. That's scary. But just when we're about to jump into the shrubbery with Adam and Eve, God surprises us with another side of his knowing. He not only knows the sin inside our hearts, he also knows our loneliness and our fears. And he knows how to help. Think of Jacob. He lived by his wits. He outsmarted his narrow-minded brother and his nearly blind father in order to be named head of the family and heir apparent. That would mean extra power and possessions and the prestige of being an ancestor of the promised Savior. But God knew Jacob was a cheat. He knew the sin in Jacob's heart. He knew Jacob needed to learn humility and to rely on God and not himself. And so God allowed his brother's blood to boil to the point of a death threat. And Jacob had to flee to a distant land to learn that humility and to lean on God, not himself. As he was about to leave home, Jacob swallowed hard. I wonder if I'll ever come back home and see this land again. God knew not only the sin in his heart, but also Jacob's fears. He, so he made him a promise. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. Just when we're ready to crawl into a ball and to cry out, does anyone know how I feel? Does anyone know how lonely I am? God himself steps in and says, nothing is hidden from my sight. God knows when we are lonely and afraid. He knows when we are down and depressed he knows the battles that go on inside, the believer in us against our sinful nature. He knows how to fill the holes in our heart. And most especially, he knows how to save us. In the Garden of Eden, God called out to Adam and Eve, hiding in the shrubbery, where are you? God knew where they were. But why do you think he called out, where are you? Do you think it was because he wanted them to step out from behind the trees so he could stick his mighty thumb out of the clouds and squish them like ants? Of course not. He called out to them so they would step, step out and fess up. But when they stepped out, they blamed him for their troubles. Now we're expecting that God will unleash his anger. Look out below. But God surprises us. He turns away from Adam and Eve. 
And he turned toward the devil and addressed the devil. Hey, Satan, look what's happened here. You got them to bite into your lie. Now they're mad at me and I'm rightly mad at them. They're stuck in your camp with no way out, but that's not the way I want it. So I'm going to find an unexpected way to change all this and get them back in my camp where they belong in the first place. And here's what I'm going to do, devil. One descendant of this woman is going to come in the world. I'm not going to tell you who or where yet or when, but one descendant of that woman is going to come and crush your power. What well-read scholar? What sophisticated scientist, what brilliant academician could come up with a plan like that? The Apostle Paul wrote, where is the wise person? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? The world through its wisdom did not know him. So God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached, the message that he's going to sacrifice his son to pay for all of our sins. Through that message, God was pleased to save those who believe. For the foolishness of God sacrificing his son for us is wiser than human wisdom. Nothing is hidden from God's sight. And certainly our hidden sins are not hidden from him. He knows our Adam and Eve-like cover-ups. He knows our Jacob-like trickery. He knows our Gehazi-like greed. But he also knows what to do about that, and do something he did. There was a man who once approached Jesus, you heard this in today's gospel account, confident that he knew himself, sure of his own ability to earn points with God, expecting that Jesus would pat him on the back. Well done. You're just the kind of fellow that God smiles on. Hey, stand up straight so I can pin the medals on you that you have earned. But instead, Jesus' words cut like a scalpel, opening up the man's heart and exposing all the spiritual tumors rotting inside of him. The Bible writer says, at this, the man's face fell. He had to admit that now he knew himself as he really was. Short of God's demands, unable to be close to God. The writer to the Hebrews hit the nail on the head. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. When the double-edged sword of God's word penetrates our heart, it bursts the balloon of our self-esteem. Okay, I know there are plenty of people who struggle with low self-esteem and insecurity. And what do we do about that? A lot of times we cover it up by either hiding or with bravado. How do we deal with it? Sometimes we read self-help books, but those are only band-aids on the leak. When God's word, the double-edged sword of his word, penetrates, it exposes what we really are. Without the mercy of God, we're not okay. Our hearts are laid bare like the neck of a lamb ready for slaughter. But then God surprises us. He surprises us that the double-edged sword of his word cuts another way. Yes, it works like a scalpel to open up our hearts and expose the spiritual tumors rotting inside, but then it also works to remove those tumors and all the germs of sin. You can see how it works on the great springtime festival in Jerusalem when the apostle Peter stood before a whole crowd of people and he said, 
you, with the help of wicked men, put Jesus to death by nailing him to the cross. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? What's going to happen when we stand before the God to whom we must give an account? Peter called out, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. The double-edged sword of God's word had judged their thoughts and attitudes, and the judgment was not guilty. Do you worry about things beyond making ends meet and paying bills? I mean, do you worry about big things, deeper things, like what God really knows about you? Do you get scared that nothing is hidden from God's sight and he knows us that well? Are there days when, like Adam and Eve, you wish there were more fig leaves to cover yourself from God? Are there nights when, like Jacob, you wrestle with God because of your guilty conscience? Has your greed like Gehazi been exposed and you're worried that eternal leprosy might get stuck on your soul? Do you struggle and wrestle with low self-esteem and insecurity? God knows that too. And what does he do? He uses the double-edged sword of his words of love and mercy and implants in our heart Christ-esteem and Christ, Christ's worth. He considers us so valuable that he sacrificed his own son for us. Talk about esteem and worth. You know it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed to you, but with the precious blood of Christ, nothing is hidden from God's sight. And that means that includes his seeing, the blood of Jesus that covers over our secret and not-so-secret sins so we can know ourselves as we really are. Every single morning, we can look in the mirror and say, yes, I know I'm a sinner, but I am also a forgiven sinner. Gehazi, Gehazi, yes, you have leprosy. But Gehazi, you are now trembling. Not so much because your flesh will slowly be eroding and you're looking at a long-term slow death down the road. But no, you are trembling right now because you're afraid of sudden death crashing on your head. Why, Gehazi? Because you pulled back the tent flap. And you see an army with horses and chariots all around. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So don't be afraid, Gehazi, Elisha said. 
Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire and army of angels all around. Nothing is hidden from God's sight. When you hear that, when you remember that statement and your knees are shaking, won't you join me in recalling that God now peers into our hearts and no longer sees our sin, but sees only the blood of Jesus covering over our greed and our selfishness. And so he holds us in his loving arms, and he will forever. Thank you, dear Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you.